Welcome to the neighborhood. How are you doing this morning? Good. Some of you are going, wait, we usually do some more worship songs usually before the message. That was kind of fast. Well, we'll have some more time at the end where we're really going to set some time aside for us to focus on God, to do some business with God, and we'll have some opportunities to do that after the message. Now, when, uh, when you're in a neighborhood, you know, I like to take walks in the neighborhood, and I walked down our neighborhood uh, street this past week, and I noticed a for sale sign went up on one of the houses. And so what do you do when a for sale sign goes up in your neighborhood? If, you look up to see how much their house is selling for, and you go, is my, did my house increase in value, right? No, nobody else do that? Well, I don't know these neighbors. Otherwise, you know, I'd feel a little more personal connection. But such is the nature of neighborhoods. You, you know that people move in and people move out, and it's hard to sometimes say goodbye. And it's other times exciting to, to welcome the new neighbors to the neighborhood. And we've been talking about in this series that this church and the church as a whole is like a neighborhood. And what is this neighborhood like? Well, even in this neighborhood, people come and people go, and, and we are a place and a community that, that embraces people as they come in. Some of you are looking to see if this is even a place for you to connect, and others, it's maybe time where you're moving and you're moving on to some other things. Well, even among our staff, there are changes that happen uh, throughout um, the year and throughout the, the seasons of people's lives, and, and uh, as we've mentioned a few weeks ago, Nate Sullivan, Nate, would you come up, our communications director, Nate is uh, leaving us, and today is his last Sunday. Can we get a collective aww? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that applause is an aww applause. It's not a happiness that you're leaving. Um, no, Nate, what's, what's really cool, Nate came to this uh, church to do an internship for a few months, and I remember you were saying that even, uh, you know, wanted to see is... is Doing ministry is being involved in the church, something that you really want to, to invest your life in. And, and after the internship, you were brought on to staff to do communications, all the great graphics and the, the fall guide and everything that you see in that, those ways, the visuals are created by Nate and he does such a wonderful job. But, but God has been calling him to uh, pursue ministry and to go on to seminary to prepare to be a pastor. So he's going, he's going to Azusa Pacific University to do his master's degree. And, uh, and so we just are excited that we get to be part of that journey and that uh, we will always have um, a part of you with us, and I hope you take a part of us with you as well. So give Nate another hand and appreciation for uh, what God is doing. And uh, thank you, Nate. Well, you can still stay up here. Stay up here. You can stay up here. Because at the same time we're saying goodbye to Nate, we're also welcoming Stephen Sims. Welcome, Stephen, on board. He's our new communications director. And, uh, and I wanted you to see who Stephen is, and, uh, and, and what's so cool about Stephen's story as well, besides bringing just the talent that uh, he has for visual arts and graphics, media, communications, he was part of, him and his family were part of starting McDowell Mountain Community Church many years ago when they were still, this church was still meeting in the elementary school and in the high school, and his family came with Dondo and, and family to help start this, drove 40 minutes across town. He was in the children's program at the time, and uh, they were part of helping start McDowell, and now he's back here on staff doing communications. Great heart for God. We're so excited that you're here, Stephen. Thank you very much. Let's uh, take a moment just to pray, to bless these men, and, uh, and, and turn our hearts to God. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, these guys, God. And, and it's hard in a community like this. We, we are a family, and as uh, people come into our lives, we, we create those connections and that bond. And we just thank you for that with Nate. Uh, he has brought so much, not only to what he does here professionally, God, but relationally. And, and the relationships he's built, the heart that he's brought, the teaching that he's brought, and, and just the love for people. And, and God, we are so excited that you have called him 
to prepare fully for what you are calling him to in his life, to do ministry and to lead. And God, we know you've gifted him. So would you please bless him as he goes, as he studies, as he prepares. May his heart be made fuller and fuller with you. And God, bless his ministry going forward. And Father, we thank you for Stephen and just the journey that has brought him to this point and even the story that connects us again. And we just pray for a fruitful ministry here and, and just a tremendous touch upon his life as he leads us in all the communication aspects here at the church and just the relationship and love for you that he brings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. part of being in the neighborhood. It's part of being in the community. And, and you welcome people in and you send people out. And, and in my family this week, we welcomed some folks in as well, too. Um, actually, uh, you know, our house is already full with my four daughters, but, but they had to have one more living being in our home. And they begged and they begged. And finally, our youngest is about, you know, just turning five. And so I conceded and agreed that we would adopt a dog. And so this last week, we adopted not just a dog, but two dogs. <laughs> I think I have sucker written all over my, my head. and So we'll tell you that story some other time. But it was cute to watch the girls embrace these new family members and just uh, we're literally crying tears of joy when we uh, pulled up to school and picked them up and the dogs were in the car. These are our dogs, yay! And then just, uh, and just even 15 minutes later, I'm like, why are you crying? My second oldest here. She's like, I'm just so happy. Um, <laughs> And that's the heart when we welcome people into our family, even, even, even four-legged friends. And so that's part of our, our journey. But in this neighborhood here, we, we are about being a community. And we've been talking about, again, the church being like a neighborhood. And in this series, what does it look like? What does it mean to be a part of this community, a part of this neighborhood? And, and it's great to be together, and we talked last week about gathering together, and how we want to move from, like in the neighborhood, just waving people at, at a distance to, to getting into the, you know, to the driveway and the front porch conversations, to getting past the front door and inside the house and even into the kitchen, if you remember, just like where you really uh, get together like family. Well, what does that look like here? And that's what part of this neighborhood is, is that we are together, we are a family, we are a community, and we need to know one another. But if that's it, if it stops there, it's just like any other neighborhood, or it's just like a community, uh, like a social club. But there's got to be more than just gathering together. And, and what I want to talk about today is that there's got to be something different, and there's something different about this neighborhood. Have you ever gone to a neighborhood or a community where there's just something different about it? You can kind of tell as you pull in, all of a sudden it looks like all the lawns are really well manicured. There's something different here. Or you pull up and there's something different here. There's people that are out and they're, and they're talking and they're, they seem to be hanging outside more. They really seem to know each other. There's something different going on here. People seem friendly here. There's something different. And, and what is that something different that's going on in this neighborhood? Because it's got to be more than just us coming together on a Sunday morning. Something different is happening here. And what that something different is is that there's something supernatural that is happening here in our presence. When the church gathers... When the body of Christ, there's something supernatural that happens. Now, there's a fascination in our world with the supernatural. Uh, if you watch uh, TV shows or movies, right, there's always something about superheroes with super strength. And, and it seems like we need this pull to, to do something out of the ordinary. The, the old TV show Heroes is now launching again with another miniseries. And it's about ordinary people who discover supernatural, superhuman strength. And I think we look at our own lives sometimes and we wonder, I need more than what there is here. Something that moves me past this challenge that I have. Something that moves me past this, this circumstance that's holding me back. 
or this illness I can't get through, or this addiction I'm struggling with, or this relationship I can't seem to push through. I need more. I don't have the resources within me. I've tried everything I can. I need something more powerful. I need some supernatural in my life. And that's one of the things that's different about this community. And I want to talk about what that looks like and how that evidences itself here among us. So let's pray, and we'll turn to God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time like this that we set aside to turn our hearts and our minds towards you, to to look at your word. But more than that, God, to encounter you. And I pray this morning already, God, that your spirit would work in our hearts, that we would be open to hearing what you have to say. And God, that we would have a touch of the supernatural in our lives this morning. Thank you for your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're looking at a key passage uh, these weeks, and it's found in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. And what we're looking at here is the creation, the formation of the church. And we began in week one actually talking about Jesus laying the foundation of the church where he said, upon this rock I will build my church. And that rock that he was talking about was the declaration that Jesus is the Savior, he is the Son of God. And that this foundation is what we build this church on when we say we are a Christ-centered church. And then Peter, when he spoke his first message after the Holy Spirit came, he began to teach and preach about Jesus. And and it says 3,000 turned their heart towards Christ. They accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it says, and they were baptized and added to the church. And all of a sudden, 3,000 people were looking around at each other and going, we've just made a pretty serious commitment here. We've changed the foundation of our lives. What do we do? And this is where we read this passage uh, found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's read together. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer. Now get this, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved." So in this little passage here that we begin to see the picture of the church forming and what they did in response to to giving their lives to Christ and saying, okay, what does it mean? How do we function and how do we live together in this? Now what I said is it's more than just a gathering of us coming together. Something's happening here. Something's different. Now, have you ever thought about what church might look like to somebody who's never been in a church before? And maybe somebody here today has never been in a church or a church like this before. Or imagine somebody from another country, or imagine an alien from outer space, since we're talking supernatural, right? He comes, you people, what are you doing here, right? I mean, he's he's, uh, observing what's going on here, and and think about what happens. They might be describing it back to their their people and saying, I don't know, these people, they, they come together at a very specific time on a Sunday morning. Now, some get there on time, but many others filter in very late, and... The pastor and worship pastor are wondering, why is it empty? And then they look up later. Okay, I'm sorry, I digress. Um, (laughs) Zing! (laughs) Um, No, but they gather together, and then they come into this place, and they seem to to break open this this ancient text from hundreds and thousands of years old, and they they actually read what's in there and and begin to apply it in their lives today. That's kind of peculiar. And, And as they 
meet, they, they talk about this, this man that lived a long time ago. His name was Jesus. And, and they claim that, that he's, that even though he died, that he rose again and that he's actually still alive and, and that there's this spirit now. And, and they call this spirit a holy spirit that, that still changes people's lives. And, 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 and then they come and they sing to this Jesus. They sing songs together. And then they close their heads and they close their eyes and bow their heads and they, they pray to the creator, and they, they say they can communicate with the creator. And I mean, is that strange? In some ways, it sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? If this is foreign to you, and you go, this just at the surface, if you look at these things, you go, that's just kind of weird. Maybe that's kind of strange, but you know what? There's something more that's going on here. There's something deeper that's happening, and it is literally supernatural transformation, God's presence, God's power that works in the lives of his people in the church. Now, I want to go back, and I want to look at these first two verses um, in, in this passage that we just read. Because even though I'm describing what maybe in some kind of distant way what it looks like what we're doing here, these verses describe very quickly how Luke, who is writing this, he writes this, and he says, this is what he observed, and this is what the early church um, did. And it says this, they joined together with the other believers, right? And they devoted themselves to four things. Now, they did more than this, but here are the four things that he pulled out. He said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing the Lord's Supper and prayer. And so I want to look at these four things that they did because I believe in these four things there's more than meets the eye. There's something supernatural that happens when these four things begin to happen. So let's take a look at each one of these quickly as we, as we move through. The first thing is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now they get together, they're forming this new community, and they're saying, all right, what do we do now? Well, let's talk to the guys, the apostles, the disciples that were there. They spent time with Jesus. They heard him teach. And they've studied the scriptures, and they learned Jesus' interpretation of that. So we ought to listen to the apostles' teaching because they can help us understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now, it's not just words and just not just teachings that are empty, but there's something powerful that happens when we submit ourselves to the teaching of the word. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 with me. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is what? It's alive. And powerful. The word of God is alive. It's not just some ancient text that's just pages, you know, ink on paper. It's alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Does that just sound like reading an ancient text? It talks about the word of God. This reveals Christ to us. And when he does that, it's not just us reading the Bible. The Bible begins to read us. The teachings begin to look at our lives, and something begins to change because it is alive and it is powerful. The principles and the teachings of Jesus of forgiveness, of no matter what you've done in your life, the sin in your life, the darkness, the secrets, the past, there is forgiveness and there is grace. These are powerful, powerful teachings because they are embodied in Christ who dies on a cross for the forgiveness of these sins, so that we can not have guilt, that we don't have to have shame, that we can stand before God without kind of going, woe is me, God. But that we come in a spirit that says, I ask and receive forgiveness and the free gift of life that you give. And then there's a freedom that comes. That is supernatural. That is powerful. I remember meeting with a man, I'll call him Jeff. He wanted to, uh, he wanted to have uh, dinner with me and wanted to talk. And so we got together and and uh, we met at a restaurant, and he began to share a little bit and just said, you know what, my heart is really heavy because I just am dealing with so much guilt and shame 
in my life for what I've done. He says, you know, I, I, I want to believe and I've, I, I come to church, but, but I'm just, I just can't seem to get over some of this guilt and this heaviness that I'm feeling in my life. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more of your story. He said, well, I've, uh, you know, I've been married uh, several times in my life and and I just, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm working in a, in, a, in a career right now. And, but, you know, the thing that really gives me a lot of uh, guilt is he had, had trouble sharing with me what it was. And he said, well, I, I used to deal drugs. And this is a man uh, l- later on in, in life already, and he's talking about some, something that was in the past. But he said, I used, to just, I used to work full time. I was functioning in everyday life, but I would, I would deal drugs to the people at work and, and some pretty serious stuff. And he said, uh, one coworker, I sold to her, and uh, she took the drugs, she got high, she got in the car, she wrapped the car around a telephone pole. She was a mom with three kids. He said, I just carry the weight of that each and every day. I've asked for forgiveness, but I just, I still carry that, that weight. He says, and another coworker, I sold some things to him, and he overdosed, and he died. And, and, and just feels the weight of that guilt. And I just was able to share with him the word of God, not just some scripture passage, not just some kind of trite explanation, but that God truly loves him, truly forgives him. Yes, there are consequences that were unleashed in this life that can't be taken back, but that in his heart, the forgiveness that he can find, and he began to receive that. And it was neat to watch over time to the point where I got to baptize him on a Sunday morning and just an expression of that freedom of being washed from that guilt and being washed from that sin. God's word, the teaching is powerful. It changes lives. Things happen. It's not just a gathering of people with nothing better to do, but God's spirit is present. Look at this next section here. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, we talked about the importance of gathering last week, but it's not just getting together in someone's home. It's not just gathering here in church. When we gather, something supernatural happens in the church. Look at Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together... As my followers, I am there among them. That's what happens in this community. We talk about, we gather together, other communities gather together, but it's in the gathering of the church where people say, in the name of Jesus, when we gather, Christ is there. Christ is here. Jesus is here this morning. And when you feel moved and when you feel the sense of God's spirit tugging on your soul and and moving you to make a difference and a change in your life, it's God's spirit presence because this place is prayed for and prayed over and this worship service is dedicated to, to honoring Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit. And it's our desire that it brings change. And when fellowship, when people gather together, when you sit with another believer and you talk about your faith, you talk about your challenges, or you sit in a small group, life change happens. The supernatural happens. I remember uh, somebody that came into one of our small groups, the husband of, um, of one of the ladies in, in our church, and again, we'll call him Matt, and he showed up at our small group. Never really been a part of a small group, and there was, uh, we were about, you know, three, four, uh, about four or five families, lots of kids, chaos in the house, but we'd get together and we'd talk about, uh, we'd pray for each other, we'd talk about the, the Sunday message and kind of take it deeper, a little more personal, and he used to come and it was just kind of had an edge to him. He just kind of had this, uh, you know, a little bit of sarcasm, skepticism, cynicism, you know, never really kind of got a straight answer, and it was always a little bit kind of wondering, like, what, what's going on there? But he came week in, week out with his wife and with his kids. And it was interesting to see little by little those edges softening. 
And little by little, some more genuine responses, a little bit more openness to what God is doing in his life. And we watched this man just literally change before our eyes in the course of about a year because of being in this community, devoting himself to that teaching. And again, I had the joy of baptizing him on Sunday morning with his wife and his kids watching because this man finally let go of the hardness around his heart and just surrendered his life to Christ. See, there's something more that's going on. There's something different here. It's not just sitting and watching. and, and, and it, It's life happening. It's community coming together. They devoted themselves to the Lord's Supper. What's the deal with just taking some bread and drinking a shot of juice at church on a Sunday morning? That's all right. You can laugh. What is up with that? Why do we do that? What, what's the significance of that? Well, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, and he said, look, every time you do this, you, unless you eat my flesh, which is represented by the bread, and you drink my blood, you have no part of me. That is just weird. And you know what his disciples said, Jesus? That is just weird. They literally, this is what they, this is what they said. They, they said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept this? Jesus, what are you talking about? And then he goes on to explain. Look in John 6, 63. He says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. There's something different here. There's something more that's going on. It's not just eating a piece of bread and drinking some juice. It's remembering what Christ has done on the cross. And in that remembering, in that connection of who we are to who he is and what he did for us, life change begins to happen and the spirit begins to breathe new life into our life. My friend who's a pastor in in, in Hamburg, Germany, and the way that they practice communion in their church, and, and they do it on a, on a weekly basis, and they'll, they'll say, uh, you know, taking communion, taking the elements is for those who have a relationship with Christ. And if you don't, you just stay in your seats and, and reflect and pray and, and, and think about what's going on in your life. But he would say to them, but some of you today, today may be your day, the first day where you make a commitment to follow Christ, and you will receive that bread And you will take that juice and you will remember what Christ did for you. You will have a part of that and it will be life-giving. And for some, it's their first time experiencing communion in that way where they're saying, this was for me. And because of that, I now have the Spirit breathing life into me because as Jesus said, human effort accomplishes nothing. We need a touch of the supernatural to take us and to change us and to transform us. They devoted themselves in prayer. Think about this. This community devoted to prayer is not just a checklist of God, we want you to do this, this, and this. It is prayer communicating with our Creator. Literally being able to speak and bend His ear towards us and His heart, and for Him to lean in towards us and for us to listen to what He has to say. There's something supernatural happening, something different that goes on when we pray. Look at James 5 13 to 18, talking about prayer. Are any of you suffering hardships? I guess I could just really ask that question still today, right? Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It's not just voicing a quick prayer, but there's power in this prayer that it can move things, it can change things, there's healing, there's new life, there's forgiveness of sins. And what does he say here? Confess your sins to each other. When was the last time we've done that? That's real community, isn't it? That's really taking a chance to say, man, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm struggling with. Will you pray for me? And God honors that prayer. And it has the prayer, the power to move and to produce wonderful results. That passage actually continues. We don't have it up here for you, but it just says this. Elijah was as human as we are. And when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Prayer can have power and have powerful results. Now, it's not a magical incantation and a little magical formula, genie in a bottle, we pray and God does. It is us leaning into God, listening for him, submitting ourselves to his will, but also voicing and saying, God, here's what we want, here's what we long for, here's what we desire. And God in his will and his timing and his providence responds to us. Supernatural things are happening. We hear prayer requests here all the time, whether you write them on those cards and pin them to the cross, or you put them on your, on your, uh, on your envelopes, or you email them in to us, or we just pray before or after service. Because we believe that God can do something supernatural in prayer. See, what's happening here isn't just a gathering. The church is defined by the touch of God, something supernatural, a powerful presence, God's power that can move in our lives, can change our lives. And that's why we commit to coming again and again to being the church, to being the body of believers. Look now the response of all this in verse 43, if we put that scripture back up from Acts 2, 42 to 43. The last part says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. A deep sense of awe came over them all. When was the last time we just went, oh, wow, oh, that word, like, God, it's amazing what you are doing. When I see these lives changed, when I hear these stories of restoration of, of marriages and relationships that have been broken, addictions that have been overcome, people that have new hope and new meaning, depression that's been worked through where the light's shining back in, healing, God moving, and that's what it is about this new community. It's not just a gathering of people that are nice to each other, but we really are in relationship, devoted and committed to one another, centered on Christ and watching what he does. The language you hear us use all the time, and you've already heard it a dozen times here this morning, we talk about turning our hearts and minds towards Christ. The reason we say that over and over again is because there's more to this life than just our best efforts and our best understanding and our best guesses and, and, and counselors and help. We need God, and we need to turn our hearts and our minds towards him. You know that word turn? Another word for that in scripture is what that is? Repent. It's repentance. Repentance means to turn 180 degrees, to turn away from something and to turn towards God and to start walking in the direction of what he has for us. And it is awe-inspiring and it is a miraculous sign and wonder when we see people around us whose lives are changing. When a heart that just can't bear to forgive somebody and, and just harbors all these hard feelings and, and resentment and, and wants vengeance, when that heart becomes forgiving, that is an act of God on a person's soul and spirit. When a heart that's selfish and just only is in it for themselves and what, what they can get out of life becomes generous, 
and self-sacrificing and self-giving, that is an act of God, God's spirit and his love pouring into that heart, a heart that becomes caring. When a heart is hard and calloused and closed to the things of God, when that begins to get chipped away and the wonderful spirit of God pours into that life, that is an act of God, a supernatural transformation. Next Sunday when we have baptism here, and, and, and we're going to do baptism like right here in worship, okay? We're going to do that as part of our worship gathering. That is so powerful. It is so exciting to see that this is not just something that happens in the, in the human realm, but God's spirit is moving and changing lives, and you will hear those changed lives, and those being baptized are committing themselves before all of us saying, I am part of the body of Christ. I receive the forgiveness of Christ, and I'm being raised to new life. That is awe-inspiring. That is powerful. It is life-changing. When you think about your own life, don't you need a touch of the supernatural? I mean, there's got to be more than just what is here. We need God's help in our life. What do you need to turn from? What is it this morning that God is saying to you, pounding into your spirit, turn away from that. Life is not found there. That is leading in a path that is not bringing you to fulfillment. Turn towards God. Hand this over to God. Give it to him. And watch him breathe his life and his power into your life. We're going to have some time, as I said, to close in, in a time of prayer, in a time of reflection, a time of action. I'm not going to prescribe to you what you need to do. I'm going to give you options and ways for you to respond how you need to respond. We all need a touch of the supernatural in our lives because we can't do it alone. We're not strong enough. We can't carry that burden alone. We can't climb that hill in our own strength. We can't live out the vision God has for us without his touch on our lives. Where do you need a touch of the supernatural? Where do you need Jesus to show up? Not sometime in the future, but right now, this morning. Maybe it's spiritual renewal. Maybe it's giving your life to Christ for the very first time today where you say, you know what, I've taken it in, I've, I've listened, I've processed, maybe I've held it off long enough. Today is the day where I give it all to Christ. And I say, Jesus, I need your supernatural power in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Let me begin new. Get rid of the guilt and the shame. And from this day forward, let me walk with you. Maybe this is your day. This is your moment to receive forgiveness in life. Maybe you're here and you've just got this secret sin that you don't want anybody to know and you're fighting it and you're dealing with it or an addiction that you just can't beat. You've tried it, you've gone to counseling, you've read books, you've fought it yourself, you've put things in place, but you keep giving in. You need a touch of the supernatural. You need God's help. You need God's power. His strength is made perfect in our weakness, Scripture says. Maybe it's a relationship this morning. Which one of these is it for you? Is it a relationship? Maybe your marriage? You're here, you're sitting together, and maybe everything looks good on the outside, but inside, behind closed doors, you need a touch of the supernatural. You need God to intervene in that relationship. Or maybe it's with a kid, with one of your children, maybe even a grown child or parent relationship. Maybe it's a friend or a coworker, but you need God to intervene in that relationship. Maybe you're dealing with unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. You just can't get through it yourself. You need God to intervene. A physical condition. Some of you are fighting some, some battle in your body or on somebody that you know and they just, 
You just need God's touch. You need God's healing, and you're praying, and you're seeking that out. And, and as Scripture said, you need anointing. There's nothing magical in that oil. There's uh, that, that just some olive oil that's used to, to be representative of God's Holy Spirit present and us coming together as believers saying, we want to pray. Maybe you're dealing with darkness, depression, suicide, hopelessness. There is hope here. There's hope in the supernatural because there's more than what meets the eye. Maybe it's an instant fix that God gives. I don't know, but maybe it's just a glimmer of hope that he begins to shed into your life where you can begin to see a path, but you need a touch of the supernatural. You need Jesus' power as what is part of this community. And not everybody here has got something horrible or difficult or challenging going on, but maybe you're just wondering, God, for these next steps in my life, I need direction, I need guidance. God, lead me, continue to lead me, continue to guide me. I don't want to just do it in my own thinking, my own strength or advice of others. I want you to guide me. Or maybe you're just thankful. Your heart is overflowing for what God is doing in your life and you say, thank you, God, for being a present reality in my life. How are you going to respond? Joe's going to lead us in a song, but also actually just listen in. You don't even need to sing. You can sit and pray. You can get up. We've got some places for you to respond. You can come up here and, and write some prayer requests. Maybe something you want to say to God or a prayer need that you have in one of these areas, and you put it and you pin it to the cross as saying, God, I need your touch of the supernatural. Maybe you light a candle in the back. Light represents life, the presence of Christ, and maybe that wick is burned out in your life and you're saying, God, rekindle that flame or I need your presence in this part of my life. We have a couple places where you can take communion, where you can rip off some of the bread the broken body of Christ, and you can dip it in the juice and you remember what Christ did for you. Maybe for the first time today, as a commitment to say, yes, Jesus, I receive this gift that you've given me, or you just remember what he's done for you. Take this time. This is your time. Let's stand together and let's open ourselves to what God has. Heavenly Father, we carve out, God, this next amount of time for you to work and for your spirit to move. God, may no one leave here today without knowing that they can encounter the supernatural. God, that Jesus, your Holy Spirit, is present this morning to work in our lives. And God, we want to respond this morning in any of these ways. In Jesus' name, amen.